And uh, so uh, I've just got a short message. You know what it means when a pastor says we've got a short message? Absolutely nothing. No, (laughs) it will be short. Um, Oh, there it goes. Let me ask you, how do you wake up? Are you woke up? How do you wake up? What kind of what kind of person are you when it comes to waking up? Are, are who hits their snooze button? Who's a snooze button hitter? Who beats their alarm up? I never let my alarm go off, but I'm waking like every five minutes to see how close I am to the alarm so I can shut it off before it goes off. Anybody else like that? Just me. I, I'm just nuts, I guess. Who who's um who's the wake up liars? Okay, you know, I, I, my kids will come in and say, are you up? And they'll say, yeah, I'm up. That's not up, right? Anybody like that? Anybody fake outs? Wyatt was the ultimate fake out. Uh, you come in and say, Wyatt, it's time to get up. And he'd be up out of bed moving and you'd think, well, the kid's up. And then you'd leave and come back and he'd be back in bed. Who does that? Yeah. You know, we all wake up in, in different ways, and, and there, there's a process to waking up. If, if you don't realize there's a process, start waking the person sitting next to you and watch how they wake up. There's a process to waking up. That's why we get so much joy. Don't you enjoy, I, I know we're in church, we're not supposed to enjoy torturing people, but, but don't you enjoy waking someone suddenly out of sleep? You know, throwing water on them and, you know, just watching them. We, we were on a, a teen trip. Danielle was asleep when I was a teen director years ago. And uh, so we were on this long trip early in the morning, and Danielle went to sleep, one of the teens in our youth group. And so I, I said, okay, everybody at once. I want everybody to scream, and I'm going to tap the brakes and honk the horn. We were in the middle. We were on a highway. I'm going to tap the brakes, and everybody scream all at once. She woke up really abruptly. And you realize no one else went to sleep on those teen trips anymore when I was driving. We enjoy waking people up and observing them, but but we wake up, there's a process to it. We become more and more aware. You You ever wake up from a bad dream, and in the moment of waking up, you're not sure whether the dream was real or fake. Anybody ever do that? Where, you, where it takes you a few minutes to, to realize that, that what was going on in your mind while you're sleeping was not reality? It takes a while to process, to, to come to reality. Uh, I think as you read through the gospel accounts, the gospel accounts of the resurrection, I think in a lot of ways the disciples are coming awake. In many ways, they're waking up to a terrible dream. They're they're waking up to to their friend, their savior, their God, their their rabbi, their teacher, the person they'd given their whole life to, dying in a terrible way on a cross, being dead and buried. And so in a lot of ways, as you read through these accounts, it's as if they're waking up to what God's doing. John 20, beginning in verse 1. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. She said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. 
Peter and the other disciple started, started out for the tomb. They were both running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. We've got to stop right there because this is one of the funniest things in Scripture. John, by the authority of God's Word, has just told everybody for generation after generation, by the way, I'm faster than Peter, okay? He, he wins the ultimate race, and it's in God's Word that Peter was slow and John was fast. That's the kind of thing you would do, wouldn't you, Becky? Yeah? He stopped and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there, while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. Then the disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in. He saw and believed. For until then... They still hadn't understood that the scriptures that said Jesus must rise from the dead. Then they went home. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a lot of as this portion of scripture ends, and and really how Mark kind of ends is it, it's it's a what what has just happened? So something astounding has happened, and they realize that that things are different, that there's something unique in what's happened with the with Jesus' death in this empty tomb. Well, when you read the other Gospels, there, there's more drama surrounding the, the, the empty tomb. You have earthquakes, you have shining lights, you have angels, and, and you have all these things going on at the empty tomb. But in John's account, it, it's, it's muted. Now, now after this, after what we read here, Mary Magdalene encounters Jesus, and there's this encounter with this physical Jesus. But, but right now, we're left with the disciples looking at an empty tomb. And the empty tomb gives hope of life after death. And that is a good time. If you ever say amen in the church, folks, if you've ever lost someone that's dear to you, if you, if you understand any, have any concept of death and the separation that death causes, this is a good time to say praise the Lord, right? Praise the Lord. empty tomb gives hope of life after death. That there's more. We see death differently. As believers, we see death in a new way. To, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. It's life with our Heavenly Father. It's in my Father's mansion are many rooms, and I go to prepare a place for you. It's a celebration. Not something that we dread. Just this past week, we were at a funeral for the, the Castle's son, Bob Castle. Bob Castle was 50 years old, way too young. And, and I was talking to his wife during, during the visitation. She said, oh, thank you for coming to Bob's celebration. <laughs> he was ready. And he understood that, that there was going to be sorrow on this side, but on Bob's end, there's celebration. Some of you are going through that loss and have went through that, that loss just in this past year. Since this past Easter, we, we've lost, besides Bob Castle, we've lost Terry Earl. Terry? <laughs> we, we've lost Dave Groves. We, we've lost Nancy Gilman. We've lost Max Case. And I'm sure there's others that I'm forgetting. We have lost people that we have hope that they're not gone, but they are in heaven with our Heavenly Father. And so we have hope. Hope established by Jesus in an empty tomb. That's why Paul can write, Death, 
Where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? The resurrection, the empty tomb gives us hope. 1 Corinthians, Paul writes, 1 Corinthians 15, 20-21, But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Praise the Lord. And the disciples, I believe, the disciples were right there. They were right there where the understanding of an eternal resurrection was true. They were living in that and they were accepting that and that's a pretty good place to be. <laughs> you know, the wonder of our God is He doesn't leave us in a pretty good place. He takes us into better places. <laughs> it doesn't stop there. But God takes us to more and there's more waking up that needs to occur. John 20, 19-21. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. You see that? Even though they had this hope of this eternal resurrection, there's still this fear. And they're still huddled. And, and they're still afraid of what other people will say and do. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. May God's blessings be on you. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you as the Father has sent me. So I'm sending you. What's the gospel writer saying? This isn't a spirit. This isn't a ghost. But Jesus has bodily, physically rose from the tomb. Jesus physically rose from the dead. And on Easter, we do not celebrate a spiritual resurrection, but we celebrate the physical resurrection, the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ, and He ever lives and intercedes on our behalf. Now, I'll be honest, as you read the gospel accounts, it still takes the disciples some time to process through this. Even though they're touching the nail prints, they're watching him eat, it takes them some time to process this ideal of the physical resurrection. It takes them at least through Pentecost to understand what's going on in this physical resurrection. And I would submit that it takes them through the book of Acts and really their entire life, they're processing this ideal of the physical resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know what? That kind of gives me hope. Because as a pastor, as a professional man of God, can I tell you, I'm still processing that ideal of the physical resurrection of Jesus Christ. I believe it. I affirm it. It affects how I live. It affects how I believe. But, but i got to tell you, I still haven't wrapped my arm completely around the physically resurrected Jesus that still is living. What it means. See... It's not just about the future, but there's more. See, the physical resurrection of Jesus gives us hope for life before death. 
It's not just about life after death. It's not just this here and after spirituality. It's not just the hope of heaven, but it's the hope of the kingdom of God existing in our time, in our space, in our homes, in our communities, in our church. It's not about waiting and receiving. As Christians, as believers who believe in the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ, we're just not saying someday, even though there is a someday, but we're saying even now, God can reign in my life. We can please God with the way we live. Do you believe that this morning? We can live a life pleasing to God. We, we can seek to be obedient to Him. That God can renew our spirit and change and transform our mind where obedience to Him is what we desire, not what we dread. We can, we can be people who aren't looking for loopholes in the Gospels, but are looking for ways to please God more. We, we could be people where our sole desire, as Heather used to say, is to make God smile. Do you believe that this morning? That the physical resurrection of Jesus tells us that as human beings, we can be pleasing to God in our humanity. God can use us right where we are, where His will becomes predominant in my life and we understand that his will is not about God just placing rules upon us but his will is about God showing us the way to life the physical resurrection of Jesus tells us we can please God with the way we live we can really love others it's hard to love others isn't it <laughs> sometimes be honest with me we can love others. We can really love others. We can really practice generosity. We can really practice forgiveness. We can really practice hospitality. We can really practice justice. And when I use the word justice, justice is not the protection from other people, but it's care for other people. It's moving how God moves in our world to seek to give people life and hope. We can truly practice mercy. All because of the bodily resurrection of Jesus. And we can have joy and peace in every circumstance. Now, now, now listen to me. I'm not saying every circumstance will be joyful and peaceful. But we can have peace in every circumstance, whether the circumstance is chaotic or not. God can bless us in a way that we can be rejoicing people regardless of what's going on in our life. See, see we become people who believe Romans 8.28 is true. That, that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called to His purpose. Well, we believe that's true. And so we, we, we understand that whatever circumstance we're going through, that God is able to use that for His glory and our good. And so we can have peace and joy regardless. 
you know, I sometimes wonder, it's people that, that have trouble giving, being joyful or expressing thanksgiving. I, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to do that in the hard times if you don't do it in the easy times. What do I mean by that? We, we have gathered in this place. We're, we're singing songs expressing joy and thanksgiving to God. And, and when we just go through the motions of that here, when we get outside these walls and things are a little bit tougher, I would say it's going to be impossible to express joy and thanksgiving in that situation. See, see, this is trained and it's easy. And as we express joy and thanksgiving in this place... God will give you the grace that you can express it when things aren't so easy. And maybe, just maybe, our inability to express thanks outside these walls stems from the fact that we're not just wholeheartedly giving God praise and thanks in this place when it's easy. See, Christians, believers, followers express joy in their life and thanksgiving and they rejoice in the Lord. Now today we'll be doing baptisms and, and this is a significant sign of what God has done and, and the Bible tells us that baptism is a sign. It's a, it's a sign of being buried with Christ and raised to new life through the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Romans 6, 4 says, For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Christ was dead and buried, we're dead and buried, and we're raised to new life in Christ. So the question I have for you this morning is, are you awake? Are you awake? You know, we wake up for big days, Excited, don't we? You know, th think about think about when you got your first driver's license and you woke up and you knew you was going to get that driver's license, right? You were excited. You guys don't seem too excited this morning, but bear with me. Or your wedding day, or or or, or maybe a day you graduated. But, but but we wake up for big days excited. You know, Easter is a big day for preachers, right? He understand that this is like a big day for preachers. I, I was up like at 4.30 and I couldn't go back to sleep. This is like the fourth outfit I put on today. <laughs> it was a big day for preachers. And I have. I've been up since, since early and I've only had like 14 cups of coffee. That's why I'm so muted. <laughs> but it's the point. This is the reason we're here. Easter is the point. As reading, and he writes a book, uh, Surprised by Hope, and he said, you know, if you lose Christmas, you lose two chapters of the Bible, but if you lose Easter, you lose the whole New Testament. This is the point. This is the reason. This is why we gather. This is why we celebrate. Jesus has rose from the dead, physically rose from the dead, and He gives us future and present hope. Amen. Ephesians 5 gives this 
long narrative or instruction on living this new life in God. And Paul writes, you know, be imitators of God as he begins the chapter. And then he says, you know, you need to walk in love. And he talks about letting go of old ways. And in the middle of it, he says this, awake sleeper and arise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. You know, I'm afraid in our world there's a lot of people that are asleep to what God has done. Our God, who is rich and mercy, sent His Son Jesus to die on a cross on, in your place and my place. And on the third day, our God rose Him physically from the grave, giving us life eternal and life here. Amen. Are you awake? All heads bow, all eyes closed. I would say, Pastor, you know, I'm struggling with being awake to this. Would you just lift your hand? Let's see those hands. You can put them down. Let's pray. Lord, right now, it's Easter Sunday morning. May we not go past the significance of what you have done. Lord, we want to be awake to you. We want to be on the move for you. We want to celebrate you, Lord, and just allow your light to shine in us and through us. So, Lord, if there's, if there's something we need to confess, may we confess it. Lord, but may we put our trust fully in you, knowing you are able to keep what we give you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, just about 45 more minutes of sermon will be done here. You know, Easter is a, a reason to celebrate. And, you know, I was just noticing we, we've got in the back of the sanctuary, we, they enter these court gates with thanksgiving and enter the courts with praise. And we've invited you to put little praise reports on, on um, and put them in those clay um, bases or whatever they are, urns or whatever they are. And, and so you've been doing it, and uh, they're not urns, right? What, what are they called? Somebody help me. They laugh. So, vase, whatever. Whatever they are. This isn't easy, trust me. You guys ought to come up and try it for a while. It's not easy. But Nancy's taken all those little praises and has put them on the board. And, and you may not have noticed it, but all those little praise things that you put in those jars, they're up there. Look at them. We have a reason to praise our God, particularly on Easter Sunday morning. We can praise our God. We can celebrate because we are people of hope. A present hope and a future hope. There's times we cry, but, but there's times we express joy. You know, over the past, past few days, I've heard over and over, it's been posted on Facebook. I think it started Pastor Bob playing that video. I've heard Friday, it's Friday, but Sunday's on the way. It's Sunday! You awake now? <laughs> And that's been shared and people have put thumbs up on Facebook. It is Sunday. It is ever Sunday. We never live in Friday. We live in the hope and the actuality of the resurrection of Jesus. We have a reason to celebrate. 
The Good Friday service, we, at the community one, we had just a, it's always great to be with other churches and celebrate together. And they, they always close it, or it seems like the last few years they've closed it with, were you there, you know, were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there when they laid him in the tomb? And they got that one line where you get to go, oh, you guys want to do that with me? Oh, you know, just a fun song to sing. Yeah. Not so much, maybe. <laughs> then it says, sometimes it causes me to tremble. Tremble, tremble. And they sang those first three verses. We didn't sing the fourth verse because it was Good Friday. There's no, you, you wouldn't. And the next, next verse says this. Were you there when he rose up from the dead? Were you there when he rose up from the dead? Sometimes I feel like shouting. Glory, glory, glory. Folks, we have a reason to shout glory, glory, glory this morning. Amen. So we celebrate with hope. We, 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 we listen to the songs. This morning, my, my prayer is as we sing these songs, you'll listen to what you're singing. Well, we'll celebrate what we're singing. As, as God gives us utterance, maybe we'll even say amen or praise the Lord. Or even lift a hand. And even when we're feeling like really spiritual, lift both of them, okay? Maybe... Maybe God will lead you and you'll feel so much joy you'll dance in the aisle. If there was ever a reason to dance in the aisle, Jesus raising from the dead is. And maybe you'll, and you know what? We won't cart you out and take you to the nut house or anything like that. Nobody will look bad at you. You know what they'll say is, you remember that time when Frank Henry was standing in the corner? You don't have to dance now, though, hang. Remember that time Frank Henry was standing just doing a jig because Jesus rose from the dead. That's why we're here. Lord, help us now um, not to go through the motions of, of worship, but to truly celebrate you because you're worthy. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may stand with me.
it makes me excited to see my, my teens baptize. A little jealous that I didn't get to baptize them, but that's okay. Uh, I'm going to pray uh, for, for Wyatt. Would you join me in praying? Jesus, we are thankful for Wyatt and his life and his testimony. Um, the example of your love and your, um, and your grace that, that plays out through his life. God, thank you for such an awesome family that is here supporting him. Um, we pray that this day will be significant in his life um, forever, that he will look on this day and say, at this moment in time, I declared my faith in you um, through baptism. God bless him. Uh, keep him close to you on his, in his journey. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Who's ready to celebrate a little more? Yeah? Okay. Go ahead and stand up. Now don't be afraid to clap. Okay? Don't be shy.
great. Don't forget, we're feeding you free food over in the gym right now. I bet it's hot, so go get it.